So I got a quick question for you two. If sit sprites uh-huh. are real, like really real, do you think they watch us undress? I hope so. Well, they only <laughs> work in the boiler room, so... No, because no? if you watch uh, Totoro, they're all through the house. Oh, are they in... Are they in that? I didn't watch Totoro. I mean, I did, but it's yeah, been it's years. been a while, I'm sure. Oh, okay. Join Pikachu, Ash, in the game. The Mandalorian is great in the new series, and the. Let's check out what's new in the world of pop culture with your hosts, John, Tim, and Quentin, and a podcast we call Rewind and Rewind. I just wanted to <laughs> Anyways, um, we're doing another episode. I don't know if you guys... <laughs> Just kidding. I don't know if you picked up on that one or not. <laughs> yeah, but, uh... <laughs> but um, I don't know. We haven't talked in a while. We're kind of recording this a little late with Valentine's Day, the recent fucking crazy ass weather that we've been having. Snowmageddon. Yeah. I guess we're supposed to get more. Um, oh, cool. Good. Whatever. As someone who never leaves his house, that's fun. I mean, I almost died the other day going to work, but it is what it is. <laughs> Got a bad history with uh, cold weather and vehicles, so. Hey, I flipped one car, and now I have a bad reputation. Come on. I'm not saying you have a bad reputation. I'm saying you have a bad history. Yeah, no. That, I probably should have died. But no, it was all that, uh, that BK. <laughs> the BK I think you were working that night, weren't you? Probably? I don't remember. No, that was a... That was crazy because it happened, and then remember Larry? Yes. He he drove out to make sure I wasn't lying. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I called in, and I was like, yo, I can't come into the shift. Like, I just rolled my Jeep multiple times. I just lost my Gone in 60 Seconds DVD in the snow, dude. I can't come in. <laughs> <laughs> dude it was and i was like i i'm not coming in and on the phone he was like do you think there's any way that you could come in like it could you have someone pick you up and, and Bro, bring you in? i'm what? like dude i'm like dude you're not listening to me like i wrecked my vehicle and <laughs> rolled it multiple times like i'm going home mm. like i'm not going in so then I'm sitting in the car with my dad because my dad finally got there and we're like talking to the cops, talking to the tow guy. And I'm sitting, me and him are sitting in there kind of getting warm after that. And Larry pulls up and looks at the Jeep and like rolls down the window. And he goes, Oh man, that's a pretty bad wreck. I didn't think it would be that bad. <laughs> what the fuck? My, my dad goes, Are you fucking stupid? <laughs> It was so good. It was so good. Yeah, that's kind of uh insane. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. But whatever. I didn't go in. Fuck it. I quit pretty couple months after that. So <laughs> probably uh one of your best moves. Yeah. I didn't I didn't need to keep eating BK and getting high every night. <laughs> that was It was just that was too much at that place. It was, it was a nice perk though. 
I mean, it was a nice perk when it wasn't ditchweed. (laughs) (laughs) But it was Burger King, so what else do you expect? You had a choice between ditchweed and cocaine. Chronic. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I expect from my Burger King employees. I I remember... When I say hook me up with that Shrek ketchup, I mean, I want that good good. I remember once trading uh, that good chronic for... uh, some I guess I just called them McChickens, but they were crispy chicken sandwiches <laughs> at Burger King. They were like the Which are re- never crispy. Yeah, they were ter- They were like a fucking dollar store version. They're like a wish version of um, a wish of version. fucking McDonald's McChicken. But I remember trading like a whole bag of them for like a gram <laughs> through the fucking drive-through window. It's a, you know, I feel like we should bring back the barter system because, like, that sounds like a fair trade to me. It's not a bad trade. I'm going to say that. No, the free market will work itself out. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right. But anyways. Yeah, that's that's enough about Burger King. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, how was your guys' weeks? I'm good. I think we got some pretty good notes between the two of us. Poo-poo. And may I say, PP. <laughs> uh, no, it's it's been good. I've been binge watching Community, uh, which I know I'm yeah. like, however many fucking years late to that, but uh, it's pretty good. I still haven't watched it. It's good. I like it. I don't plan on watching it either. But it's got childish Gambino, dude. It's got childish. I don't care. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Dude, me and Joey used to watch that. Like, me and him quote it still. Like, if we talk, like, we're always just like, cool, 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 cool. And we do, uh, like, a lot of shit from, like, the weird, just the weird Troy and Abed shit constantly with one another. I love them. They're, uh, yeah. they're a gift to the earth. <laughs> just the, my favorite, my favorite couple ever. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, that's really my entire week. I've done nothing. Dude, that's I've not a bad been, week. Uh, that, yeah, no. I've just been watching um, movies from our topic this week, which is already in the title, so people know what it is, but anyway. <laughs> and um, playing games, I guess. That's just, I mean, that's all I ever do, so go figure. <laughs> you can get a Skyward Sword for the Switch, dude. I'm not going to get a Switch because I don't want to fucking support a company that, you know. For some reason, I thought you had uh, a Switch. No. I was wrong. Um, What's that shit called? Cease and Desist. Gotcha. Uh, charity companies. Not even companies, just like charity, like fan charities. I kind of don't want to support that. It's fair enough. If If I didn't already have one, I wouldn't buy one. Like. The only reason we got one was for Animal Crossing, and then I played Zelda, and that's like the only things that I really care to have it for. I don't really care. Like I don't play anything else on that. Well, you get the Skyward Sword remake then. I'll get the Maybe. Nintendo Smitch. Smitch. <laughs> the like emulator Smitch. console that's off of like Wish and shit. It's only twenty dollars for us. And it'll arrive in five months. Yeah. If you're lucky. It'll it'll <laughs> arrive in five months, the same time it'll take us to find Jack Ma. 
the head of AliExpress. Oh, I was like, what? <laughs> I'm, as far as I'm aware, that man is still missing. I forgot that was a thing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yep. That's how long it's been. Yep. People are forgetting that he's missing. Well, I mean, they're still shipping shit out, so it didn't really matter. I guess. <laughs> so it's going to be one of those, like, Kim Jong-un situations where he comes back and he's like, yeah, yeah. It's fine, but I've always been here. I've just been, I was testing you guys. I'm trying to think of the line from Avatar, but I can't remember it, but anyway. Avatar the Last Airbender or Avatar the yeah, Blue the, People the... fucking... The White Lotus thing where they're like, uh, there was never a thing of Lake Glaugwai. Oh. Uh, I remember. Yeah. I can't remember the exact phrasing, so. Oh, fuck. My week, I've been working a shit ton of overtime lately with this cold weather. Because whenever there's cold weather, we have to do cold weather checks at all the stations. So I've been doing a lot of overtime. But um, even when I do overtime, I just have to be there. doesn't mean that I'm actually working. So I've been doing, I've been editing a lot of YouTube videos. So I finally started posting uh, some YouTube videos. So if you guys want to go follow me and subscribe to me, that'd be cool. <laughs> we'll see. That's fine. That's understandable. The, the first couple, like the first two are pretty rough. The third one. I think I'm getting better at the editing thing. I actually only subscribe to uh, PewDiePie. No, no one else. Sorry. That's okay. If you want to just watch them, I only watch cool PewDiePie. Oh, uh, okay. All right. I only so watch your four. What'd you say? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. If you heard the joke, you heard the joke. I'm not going to repeat it. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna explain the circumstances of the joke. The best part about editing the podcast is sometimes Tim will say things that I don't yep. catch, but then when I go back to edit it, I catch it, and then my coworkers are like, "Why are you? Why are you laughing so hard?" <laughs> oh fuck! But yeah, that's uh, that's my. My couple weeks here have just been that. That's about I mean, it. That's uh at least you're getting overtime pay. Yeah, it's nice being hourly now, so I actually get overtime pay cuz before when I was at Ryan, I would work over 40 hours and I wouldn't get paid for it cuz I was salary. Ooh. So, and that's, I mean, salary's nice because you know exactly how much you're getting paid. Yeah. But it, as soon as that, as soon as the time for you, your eight hour shift is up and you're still there doing shit, you just fucking hate your life. I would just simply leave. Probably well, same. If, you know, there weren't deadlines and stuff. Fuck them. It'd be a Fuck lot em. different. <laughs> Fuck them. I'm getting to that mentality. Can't but, fucking uh, tell me what to do, corporate overlords, just because you pay, cut my paycheck? Fuck you. <laughs> I don't need to eat anyways. Fuck Free market will work itself out. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> Listen, if the, if the current power crisis in Texas has taught me anything... The free market will work itself out. The free out. market will work itself out. 
Privatize everything, baby. So, um... So, we yeah. Do, we do live in a society where <laughs> the free market will work itself out. That's great. That's a great little transition. So it's a good segue, guess, right? Yeah, we talked about our week, so now that we live in a society, um, let's talk <laughs> about uh, some pop culture news. Uh, if you guys haven't seen yet, uh, the Jackson... <laughs> Jack <laughs> I don't know why I see, I I see what happened. happened. The, oh fuck. The okay, Rob so Schneider. The, yeah, the Rob Schneider. Rob Schneider as the Joker. <laughs> the Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. Uh the trailer. The official trailer is out. Um, the fifth one. Yeah. I mean all of them were apparently teaser trailers until this one, and this is the main one. Oh, eat my ass. Yeah, I know. I don't know. They fucking slapped color on it and they have at the very end they have Joker saying that we live in a society. That's that's yeah, about dude, it. I mean, if you guys want to go watch funny. it, go watch it, but it's it's not really that it's great. So fucking Jared Leto's back again. Yeah. He doesn't have the fucking damage tattoo on his forehead, so that's nice. Oh, uh, did you did the Joker get laser removal surgery it doesn't look like he has any tattoos wow he went he back went. in the vat he went back in the vat yeah yeah um but more exciting news um as of us recording now and this should be posted tomorrow um as this comes out the mortal Kombat trailer is also supposed to come out um which we will i think it, the movie comes out in april or march I forgot so, that there was a new movie coming out, to be fair with you. I only remember because um, Makad Brooks is going to be in it, and I like him a lot. See, I um, funny story. The shitty one was on the BBCA the other day, mm-hmm. and I walked into my bedroom when it was on, and I walked in just in time to see a shitty CG scorpion pull off his mask and show his shitty CG skull. <laughs> so... That was fun. Dude, those were fucking... I loved those movies. I really did. As bad as they were. Like, they weren't bad when uh, I was a child. It's because nothing's bad when you're a kid. Yeah, That's I fair enough. Because uh, one of them was on Netflix, like, last year. I think the first one. Because there's the two. And I rewatched it, and I was like, I still... Like, it might be a nostalgia thing. But, like, I was like, man, this is a fucking... This is a banger. It is it is terrible, but it is good. Uh, I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> like I said, nostalgia probably plays a big role in that. So, um, I don't know if you guys um, have any other movie news though. I have one minor one. Okay. It's already it's a movie that's already out. But did you guys know that Nicolas Cage is in a Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff movie? No, but that makes no. me happy. Called Willy's Wonderland. What the fuck? Oh, came out like this week. I thought I saw something about that. Mm-hmm. Where can I the watch name this? Rung a bell as soon as you said it. It's yeah. It's currently it's not free anywhere. No, that's some bullshit. But it's it's um twenty dollars, and I've been sorely tempted just to buy it off of Amazon. Jesus. I don't know if I want to like have a big movie night. <laughs> Did you see that? Uh, people are trying to get Elvis the Alien to do a review on it already. Oh, he's probably, yeah, I mean, he's going to eventually. But... I mean, he does, like, every fucking Nick Cage movie. 
I watched the trailer for that movie and I was like, holy shit. Like, in the trailer, they have the can, like, the patented, like, Nicolas Cage going nuts scream, so. I'm seeing some screenshots and it looks like they might have just let him fucking go. <laughs> I fucking hope so. Good. Did you see. The um, last time they let him do that was, like, Mom and Dad. Yeah. Which, Mom, I liked Mom and Dad. A lot Mom of people and Dad didn't wasn't like bad. it. I liked it. I thought it was, if you looked at it as a dark humor, I thought it was a good movie. If you look at it just as horror, which I think a lot no, of people absolutely. tried to, it was a trash movie. I would I would agree with you. Because it's like, it's like actually funny if you watch it in the context of comedy. I would yeah. agree. <laughs> yeah. Did you, uh, did you see Jiu-Jitsu yet with I've watched Nick the Cage? <laughs> He's only Holy in it for shit. like fucking... 10 minutes yeah. of the runtime but it's just so funny the scenes where he's flipping around doing jujitsu this like 50 something year old man's like okay whatever. but like you could obviously tell it's a fucking stump person in a wig mm-hmm. in the paper hat scene oh my god um my favorite celebrity like washed up celebrity is uh well nick cage but Bruce Willis. Have you ever seen like Bruce Willis's stunt double? No, no. Where it's just like this really ripped, like bald dude from the back, and it's always from the behind because it's, like, like you'll know it's not him just from seeing the face. So whenever there's like a action scene, it's always from behind. It's great. I'm looking right now. I need to see this. But um, I don't think I have much other news. Uh. Yeah, They're I don't think there's any, like, trailers bald. or anything that... No, oh, it's, like, a, it's it's the same guy on, like, every movie. Yeah, they're just both bald. That's, like, the only they're thing they have bald. in common. One of them's, like, an old ripped dude, and the other one's just, like, a regular ripped dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny as fuck. <laughs> oh, fuck. All right, well, um, TV, um, the trailer for Falcon and Winter Soldier and Loki are out. Um, is that the I title don't... oh i thought that was no Fal- the falcon and winter soldier is the title and then loki okay the, i wanted it to be series. falcon and winter soldier and then like a different font and loki <laughs> that'd be pretty good i'd watch it but um i don't know the loki trailer looked pretty okay like i'm probably gonna piss off a lot of stands saying that but like I don't know. It looked all right. It doesn't look like something that I'm going to be like, oh, my God. But like the Falcon and Winter Soldier trailer looked pretty bomb. Like it got me pretty excited for Marvel stuff again. Nothing's going to get me excited for Marvel stuff again, to be honest with you. I don't know, dude. WandaVision is pretty good. It is. After they massacred my boy. Who? After they put Daredevil and Frank Castle out of jobs. I don't know if I have any. They're talking about bringing them back. I'm still not going to pay my corporate overlords Disney to watch that shit. <laughs> She's mine. Okay. <laughs> I don't care. I, I'm not the one paying for it. I wanted to catch up on Mando and uh, Vision, WandaVision, so I, I went ahead and... So you can bullet. see that little shit. What? From Mando? Do a quick flip. <laughs> <laughs> well, they name... They name I don't... I don't want to spoil anything but they finally gave that little shit that made Warner Herzog cry a name so yeah and then I still American want to do Dad, a kickflip and then American Dad instantly made fun of it 
I thought you were going to say, and then American Dad voiced him. No. <laughs> that would be fucking fantastic. No, because uh, in American Dad, this latest season, Roger had a baby, and they named him Rogu. Oh. So, I hate that show. <laughs> do you really do? I love it. <laughs> it used to be funny to me, but now it's just like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm a anyway. sucker for it. I think uh, I think that's all we have for news, though. Um, if you guys have any game music, any news on that front, let me know. I didn't really see a whole lot. Oh, that maybe was... did it happen since the last time we recorded the new Final Fantasy fourteen expansion tra- trailer drop? That was pretty cool. Oh no. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for that. I'll have to watch it. Um, it's cool. It's an MMO, so it's like it's not a good time to get in on the fourth expansion. But... <laughs> oh fuck! I'll get in. <laughs> I'll just, I'll stream it. I'll just like first play through, jump in, in, fucking. All right, fair enough. Four games in, just get yeah. made fun of by all the viewers yeah. who know what like how to play the game. Yeah, that's just such a big fear. That's that's how you get famous though for just being a fucking idiot. Oh, I'm so bad at those type of games too though. Like I'm I'm terrible. I'm just never taking the time to play like Final Fantasy or like Kingdom Hearts or anything like that where it's just like I well, good news you can you can now buy Kingdom Hearts on the Epic Game Store. I uh I have it on the PS4. I have like most of and Sora them. will be in Fortnite soon. Oh well, isn't um, God of War in there now? Yeah, Kratos. Yeah. Fortnite's got everybody. Yeah, he is. Hey, Fortnite's part of the uh, Marvel U- universe now. So, I all right. Let's just get to the topic. I don't want to talk about that <laughs> shit. Oh, last thing. I actually just remember that. Um, Pedro Pascal got. Um, uh, casted in the new uh, series, The Last of Us, like the, oh, yeah. the HBO series that. they're doing. So that's the only other thing. But uh, besides that, we will get into today's topic. And today's you want topic. To an ad first? Um, I mean, yeah, we can. I, would, I I can just sneak them in there too. So. Oh, okay. Yes. Yeah, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll do it. Sorry. No, no, no. I was, <laughs> I was gonna make an inappropriate joke, and I decided not to. Oh. All right. Any, anyways. So, um, I'll probably sneak it in there somewhere <laughs> in that rambling. But um, so today we are covering, cover, covering Studio Ghibli. Um, now a lot of people out there might be like, Hey, why'd you say it that way? I'm going to get to that. Okay. I'm going to get to that. But, um, now first off, this is a huge topic. So I don't know if this is going to be the only episode on this. We might have more. We might touch certain movies. We might touch this big ass topic again. Who knows? But there, there's over 20 movies, short films and TV specials under this, this huge studio. Um, now the studio has been around since 1985 It's brought a lot of our, I mean, favorite animated movies. I would say, even if you don't know 
what Studio Ghibli is, I would say that you have most likely seen a movie by them. Like if an animated movie by them, especially now that they're partners with Disney and stuff too. Wouldn't you guys say? Uh, yeah. If not, you've seen something that's definitely like inspired by it. I mean, if it's people our age, absolutely. Because I remember when like Spirit Away first came out, there was a fucking huge to do on Cartoon Network. It's like we got the first broadcast of the dub of Spirited Away. Yeah, I would. I I remember that. I mean, if you've ever walked into a Hot Topic, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> also true. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As sad as that is, it's true. Um, so today we thought it would be fun to get into maybe the studio itself, the founders, because there are more than one founder. Um, and then we will also yes, we. we will also get into the man, the myth, the legend, Miyazaki. The original one. <laughs> the original one, like the other one's just not his son. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like the original and like the reboot. <laughs> That's what I'm thinking of it as. But um oh, fair. anyways, so back to why I'm calling it Ghibli, because um before this I I had always called it Ghibli. And I feel like a lot of people I know call it that. Um because there it, are two it, of them right here. Yes, so it's not wrong. I will say that. It's not wrong to call it Ghibli because the name for the studio was chosen by Miyazaki himself, and it comes from the Italian word Ghibli, uh, and it's based on a Libyan Arabic name for hot desert winds. Now, you might be asking, why does the Italians have an Arabic name in their language, and it's crazy. So, the Italian, uh, there's an Italian plane that it has its nickname from, and it's the Comproni C8309. And maybe people are wondering, hey, why is a plane the basis for a name for the studio? Well, Miyazaki's father uh, worked for a company that produced airplane parts so he is obsessed with airplanes um so yeah that kind of yep no yeah no i'm just starting to see yep. that that You're that, that pattern now yep as soon as as soon as it said it like when i was doing my research and stuff as soon as i found this i was like holy shit this makes so much sense especially re-watching some of the yeah. bigger movies man loves planes um, oh yeah so um you made an entire movie about him in fact yeah so actually, the entire movie, The Wind Rises, um, uh, Giovanni Battista Caproni, who is the creator of the Caproni, or not creator, but the founder of the company that manufactured the Caproni C8309, um, he's actually in that movie. Yep. So um, it's crazy. Well, tech, yes. Yes and no. Yeah. Well, he's in it in dream sequences. Yes. Yes. But... That's kind of a little uh, thing they put in there because that's one of, I, I think, Miyazaki's heroes or one of the things that, you know, because he loves well, playing so much. The, the main character of The Wind Rises, it's his, it, um, Caproni is his hero, so yeah. it makes sense. So now to get to the name again, um, you know, because it's kind of all over the place. Um, 
Ghibli would be the proper Italian way to say it, or the proper Libyan Arabic way to say it. Um, now, because in Japan, it's hard for them to say G sounds. It's uh, gibbery for some reason. That's how Miyazaki says it. That's how the other founders say it. Um, now, they're translators. Well, I think it's I think it's more the L. Yeah. Sound because there's no L in the Japanese alphabet. Yeah. So. I I couldn't find exactly why they changed it to a J sound, um, but that's just how they pronounce it. But they're um, American translators call it Ghibli because it's easier for Americans to say Ghibli instead of gibbery because there's like a weird RL sound at the end of the Japanese way to say it that Americans have a really hard time of saying. So it's really weird. You can say it any way you want. It's not really wrong if you say it any of those three ways because you're still getting it. People still know what you're going to end up talking about. Um, But it, you know, also don't throw shade at people for saying it the wrong, like saying it one of these three ways. Now, if they butcher it really bad, maybe get on their ass. But, um, yeah, I wanted to get I wanted to get into that right away because I thought I was starting to watch all this, you know, these documentaries and stuff. And I'm like, why are they saying it that way? Have I been saying it wrong this my whole life? Shattered your reality. Yeah, it really did. So I had to do some deep digging. I had to figure it out. And I, it's a cool story. I think it's cool that it's, you know, it makes a lot of sense after watching some of these movies like The Wind Rises um there's a couple other ones that porco rosso yeah oh yeah porco rosso it's got a lot of planes and then uh like you have um howl's flying castle i mean yeah it's a flying castle excuse me excuse me is that what it is did i say that wrong what did i say it doesn't fly until the very end of the movie it moves okay i ain't too worried jesus christ God, I thought I said it wrong. I thought I said the title wrong. You did. You did. Is it it's Howl's, Howl's Moving Castle, not Howl's Flying Castle. Ca- okay, God damn it. You're thinking of Castle in the Sky, and you're yep. like combining the two. Yep, yep. <laughs> Too many castles. There's so many goddamn castles. Too many castles, castles of Cagliostro. <laughs> Anyways, um, but it makes a lot of sense. I'm making myself sound like an idiot at this point, but um, I don't know if you guys have any. I, I was going to jump into some general stuff about. Um, no, I was just going to ask what documentaries you watch because I I watched like half of one, and then I just watched a bunch of the movies. So I watched a few on YouTube. I would have to find the name of the guy. He does an entire like oh, okay. series. Um, it's like a six like part series of... on it. I watched half of, like, an official, like, Japanese TV documentary, and it just made me sad, and I had to stop watching it. Really? Because it's just Miyazaki talking about how he's, like, old, and he feels like he can't do anything because he's so, like... It was made in, like, 2016? Aww. So he was, like... How old is he? He's 80 now, so he's, like... He would have been, like, 75, 74. It's not that old. No, yeah, and he was just, like... He was, like, ah, I'm, like... I'm just an old man. I can't like do anything anymore. Like my, my 
heyday has passed and i was like this is just too sad <laughs> but he's like a director and animator i feel like you could do that well, i think he i think not it's the way he does um, it i mean yeah in the, in the documentary he talks about how he's having focus issues in his like uh, twilight years and he's like I, I just can't focus like the way i used to to like draw and i was like oh and then there's a scene where like he gets a call that an animator he worked with since like the beginning of the studio is like she passed away and he's like all these he's like I, keep, I get calls like this every now and then and it's like these people are younger than me and i'm still around and i was like no stop dude yeah he's not like the like super cheerful man you'd expect out of someone that makes no. uh, you know like kids movies but he's just like a chain smoking old man yeah like, bitter about that he's past his prime a little bit yeah <laughs> essentially yeah. <laughs> yeah um yeah i watched a different a couple different collections like there's like uh story dive is one of them that he did a did kind of a collection that's where i found out about the name a lot too oh okay so and what did i do i don't know <sighs> Okay. Anyway, I fucking I somehow closed out our template that I was going off of, which has all my notes. So okay, oh, I got it. I got it back up now. So that's good. Um, but anyway, some some general facts. Um, the headquarters is in Tokyo. I'm probably gonna butcher the shit out of this. So if you guys can say it better than I can, I'd really appreciate it. But I can try my best. Go ahead. Go for it. Let's hear it. I want to say Konagi. Koganai. How did you switch around? Konagi. I see. How my, are you switching around? I don't know. I'm mildly dyslexic. Leave me alone. I, yeah, I was, yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's why I didn't become an English teacher like I originally wanted to be. Better I with would numbers. Say Koganai or Koganai. But um, yeah, I would. Yeah. Yeah. Tim got it. Tim got it way closer. Um, I think we decided to. It's okay. Yeah, you you no, no I didn't. I Quentin, I didn't hear hear yours. What what do you got? What Tim said. <laughs> <laughs> okay, fuck you. <laughs> Anyways, um, so probably one of the big things. If you ever seen my neighbor Totoro, um, that's the symbol that they use for their studio. It's probably their most well known character. Really, I mean, probably he's adorable. And a cat, a fat, a huge fat cat, pretty much. Um, but uh, another thing is, is um, Ghibli's highest. So Ghibli's highest grossing movies are Spirited Away, Ponyo, and Howl's Moving Castle. You see, like you, you knew that was the title. Yeah, it's just added... Spirited Away won an award too. Yes. Um, so Ghibli holds um, five of Jap- Japan's ten highest-grossing anime films, um, and Spirited Away, I believe, is t- second, if I remember right. I didn't write it down, but I believe it's second. Right behind the Demon Slayer movie. Yeah. Is that true? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Demon Slayer is oh the highest-grossing movie. I forgot. Yeah. It might have, honestly, from that statistic, it might have got pushed to third. I don't know. But 
I, I last I when I read it, I'm pretty positive it said that it was two. So what the fu- I thought it won an Emmy or something. Spirited away. Yeah, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not a hundred percent sure on the. I know it said that a lot of their movies have won awards in Japan. So I... okay, so it won the eighth Critics Choice Award for Best Animated Film. So I guess the Critics Choice Award is a thing. That's an important one, right? Yes, yeah, critics Some... suck ass, but. No, I mean, you're not incorrect on that one. <laughs> Academy Award for Best Animated Feature. Okay, that That's sounds it. right. Yeah. Um, I don't know why I couldn't find that one here. Oh, 75th Academy Awards. I'm fucking blind, that's why. <laughs> so, if you guys want, you guys can go to Japan, go to Tokyo, and you can actually go to uh, the Studio Ghibli Museum. It was created back in 2001. It holds a lot it holds pretty much everything you could think of from Studio Ghibli. So if you want to see pretty much the mind of Miyazaki, you can go walk into a building full of it. You can see like a very rare Ghibli cartoon there too. It's like a really old one, and that's the only place that they show it. Really? Mm-hmm. Oh, I know that. There's also like a recreation of uh, uh, what's his uh, Miyazaki's desk, so you can like sit at it. Ooh, that'd be cool. That'd be really fucking cool. <laughs> I wonder if it has a bunch of like uh garbage and everything like all strewn across the room. I'm sure they added a few crumples of paper. Oh my god, dude! If you ever like watch anything with him, just like getting down to business or whatever he's just there's just, he, he throws away so much because he's just like mm-hmm. he's so i don't know in the perfect. in that documentary i was talking about yeah he's like a perfectionist almost in that documentary i was talking about like there was obviously you can't do all of it yourself so there was like someone at the studio and he was like showing him a drawing and miyazaki was basically like uh get this right and like put all everything you have into it or just quit yeah there's no point in being here otherwise yeah yeah He's a very intense like, person. Damn. He still goes over like every keyframe too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was. I was. It was just like holy shit. And it was like weird because it was juxtaposed next to a scene where he's like, he sees like a squirrel outside his like uh, his like little atelier, like the place he goes to work outside of the office. There's like a squirrel or something out there, and he's like, oh, I don't have anything to feed it. He's like, do you think it'll like chocolate? And he just like breaks up a chocolate <laughs> bar and puts it outside. <laughs> He probably just killed that fucking squirrel. <laughs> That's what I thought too. I, was like, I don't know if they're used to eating that. Uh, they, they'll adapt. It's fine. I mean, a dog's not supposed to have it. The dogs aren't squirrels. Squirrels I mean, aren't dogs. That's true. That's true. So um, now to jump into a little history, which I don't know if you guys also have some things to add throughout this feel free to jump in. Um, So it was founded, like I said, in 1985. The exact date was June 15th. Um, There's, I was reading one thing that said there was four founders, but I could only find three names. 
Yes, I, I mean, I've only ever heard of the three founders, so I'm not sure. Yeah, so I don't know if there's some shadow person, or maybe they had a upset and they don't talk about the fourth one, but I, or maybe there was never a fourth one, and I found a fucked up article, but um, the the founders are obviously Miyazaki, as we keep saying over and over again, uh, Takahana. And then Suzuki. Uh, I really don't want to try for the first names because I'm just going to embarrass myself some more. Um, But um, prior to Studio Ghibli, Miyazaki and Suzuki had already had pretty long careers in film and television, um, including The Great Adventure of Horus, Prince of the Sun, and Panda Go Panda. Um, The studio... Uh, was founded after the success of, I don't really, Nausicaa? Yeah, Nausicaa, The Valley okay. of the Wind. Okay. So, Miyazaki directed this film based off his own serialized mega. Suzuki Suzuki worked on the production of this film. Um, and after the success of that, they decided they wanted to make their own studio, and that's when Miyazaki also invited... Uh, Takahana to join the team to form the studio. Um, like I said, there's no mention of a fourth person from a lot of the research I did. So I don't really, I don't, I think I found an article, but I did want to say that an article I found said that there were four founders. And if anyone out there knows a name of the fourth person, or if there is actually a fourth person, let us know. I think you might've just been this, lied so to. In the... I think I was lied to. <laughs> But I, I want to in throw the, it out there. <laughs> in the documentary that I watched, like, half of, um, Suzuki is actually in it. And he's, he basically says that they founded the studio because they needed to give, like, uh, Miyazaki focus and, like, a team so he could actually, like, do these grand ideas he had. So that was... And he said as soon as, like, Miyazaki actually finally retires that there's no point in the studio continuing, so they're just going to close their doors. Oh, well, because it's 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 him basically. I mean, there's a lot of other directors now and stuff that that do produce movies out of that. But I would say I am pretty sure that the bulk of um, that has come out of the studio is from Miyazaki. Um, God, my voice. I said this before we started this podcast, but oh my God, I don't know what's going on, but I think my voice is going out. So it's getting a little raspy. If I shut up, it might be, the, it might be because I can't talk. But um, anyways, um, I lost my train of thought. But so anyways, like we've said, uh, Miyazaki, obviously, uh, many of his films were produced and everyone always thinks about him. Uh, but many, many films of Takahana has, have um, also been produced and are widely praised. So there's another director right there that has done a lot of work. Um, now there's other directors, obviously. I, I don't want to get into all of the directors that have made under Studio Ghibli. I mean, go look it up. I'm sure there's many films that you can find that have a bunch of different names, but we're just touching on the big ones today. 
um, now in 1996. So if you guys know any information before 1996, jump in. But um, oh, I was just gonna say that. Um, I'll talk. We'll talk a little bit about like the movies that I watched in preparation for this. But I did watch his uh, Yao Miyazaki's like first directorial movie, which was um, Lupin the Third, Castle of Cagliostro. And you can definitely see even then, like, his animation style is very much the same. Even, I think that movie was in 78. No shit. So, like... I didn't realize it was that old. 79. Yeah, it was 79. So, five years before Nausicaa was released. And you can already see, like, this very distinct art style coming out of it, um, Miyazaki. It always blows my mind that, like, I just... That anime... You see all the old anime, and it's just like I don't feel like it's that old. Like there, there's oh, stuff from like dude, the '80s and stuff, and it's like, cause um, I'm th- I'm trying to like think of some older ones right now. Dragon Ball. Yeah, Dragon Ball, super old. Akira uh, is from '88. Yeah, like Gundam. The original Gundam series still looks good. Like some of them might the look original a, movies like yeah it's fine some of them look maybe a little grainy if you haven't if you get an old copy yeah but a lot of them have been touched up and everything to where like they don't seem like they're that old like like I don't know I feel like everything for me that's anime is like just from the two thousands it's just automatic it's like ah maybe it's for the well, 2000s. a lot of stuff got redone in the 2000s it got like touched up and like i know cagliostro castle cagliostro i think got a digital like re-release and two not like you know digital re-releases we think about them today but like a digital like dvd pressing at like 2001 yeah 2000 yeah so like they touch it up and it just looks it looks still looks good like yeah it's just wild to me well like one of the big things for studio ghibli here is in 1996 they uh partnered with disney uh disney is the sole distributor international distributor for ghibli and under this somehow they're still on hbo um that's mostly because of miyazaki because he mm. didn't want to stream it until this year. He didn't want any of his stuff streamable. Why? Because he wanted. He thinks that it should be like a home movie situation or um, done in theaters. He's one of kind of those directors. So I don't know. I know he finally with COVID, uh, when that got really bad last year, he finally signed off for it to be streamable. <laughs> So eventually, eventually, I'm sure it will be on Disney, but at the moment it'll be on HBO. I know it was one of the like launch. uh, I don't know what they call them channels on HBO Max. Yeah. So. So, um, but under this agreement, uh, now pretty much anything you see from Studio Ghibli has. Uh. Disney has put up 10% of the production costs. Um, so that's helped the studio, you know, widely in keeping up all these amazing movies, which, I mean, how you feel about Disney or not, 10% of it goes into this. So I don't mind them using their money. 
I just don't want Disney slapped on fucking everything. Um, but you don't really think of Disney when you when you see them either. Um, the only thing that like I notice is that things before 1996 were all redubbed, and that's or things no. after 96 are dubbed with some pretty big name people like Kristen Dunst has Bro. been in them, Dakota Fanning, Christian Bale. Fucking the dubs of the Studio Ghibli movies are fucking star studded. Yeah. It's amazing. Patrick Stewart's in the dub of Nausicaa. Really? I think it's Nausicaa. Let me double check that, but I'm almost certain. I'm not doubting you. I I haven't seen Nausicaa. No, no, no. I just want to be sure of myself. That Ghibli name carries some weight. It does. Like, I mean, we watched uh, Kiki's Delivery Service, and I didn't realize Kirsten Dunst dubbed Kiki until, like, the end because it was, like, a young Kirsten Dunst. Um, what's that? Thor's little brothers in Howl's Moving Castle. Liam Hemsworth? Mm-hmm. No shit. Because Christian Bale's in it, too. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, there's someone else in it. Billy Crystal's in Howl's Moving Castle. <laughs> He's Calcifer. Oh, wait. Maybe it's not Thor's little brother. <laughs> it's, uh, it's Thor himself. It's that dude from The Hunger Games. <laughs> Josh Hutcherson. Oh, okay. I don't know why I thought it was Thor's little brother. (laughs) I can see it. Wasn't Thor's little brother in one of those weird fucking teenage book movie franchises? Yeah, I think you're correct. I I can't remember which one he was in. He wasn't in the Hunger Games, but he was in one of them. And they all mold together in my brain. Yeah, they all fucking... Is it like Divergent or something? Maybe it was that that one. I don't know. Oh, he was in the Hunger Games. Was he? (laughs) Yeah, he was just a different character. That's why I fucking have him fucked up. (laughs) Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Um (laughs) Werner funny enough, Werner Herzog's in the wind rises. Oh no way. Yeah, he's the um there's a German in that movie who's like, Oh, the Nazis are bad people, don't forget that. And it's him. And then he gets hunted by the secret Yeah, that's him. That's Werner Herzog. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um So to jump into 2014 with the studio, uh they actually to your point earlier uh Tim that they were gonna close up shop when Miyazaki retired um in 2014 uh they actually halted production of all their films and television due to Miyazaki retiring um they didn't want at this time they weren't wanting to close the doors but they were trying to restructure the company company accordingly so that they could figure out what you know the future held for the studio um this obviously only lasted three years because Miyazaki returned from retirement everyone freaked out and he directed uh how do you live which I have not seen that and the first it's out no no it's not out yet okay it's in production so Wikipedia article look out for that um so the last thing I have on history to kind of bring us up to current, um, which it just came out, 
is 2020 Suzuki announced that uh, Goro Miyazaki, who is the the son of the the myth and the legend, uh, just finished or it, he directed the movie which just came out on HBO, I believe, through Hulu and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, is Earwig and the Witch, which is based on um something written by Diana Wayne Jones, who I don't I don't know who that is. So if you guys know who that is. <laughs> I don't know. It's based on a novel yeah. and she is What? Wait, did she write the She wrote the Howl books? Really? Yeah, she wrote the Howl's Moving Castle books. Okay. Well Alright. Did you cool. uh did you guys ever hear about what uh Hayo did uh after seeing his son's first movie? Yes. No. Yes. He uh I guess like stormed out of the theater, just like went outside and needed a cigarette, and I don't remember like the exact quote he gave, but uh he basically like said it was just a shit movie. <laughs> of his son's own movie. Yeah, like his son's first movie, he just like ran out and was like, God, that was terrible. That's insane. I'm trying to see if I can find the the quote, but it was something along the lines of like, you shouldn't let, he was like, <sighs> let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, Can't really... While you're looking that up, um, supposedly, yeah, well, supposedly, up. Earwig and the Witch was supposed to come out in late 2020, but um, due to COVID and everything, it got pushed to just here recently in February. Um, it was supposed to be in theaters and be like a full 3D movie. Um, can't really do 3D at home unless you have a 3D TV, which I don't even know if they make anymore. I think that was like a that was like a, was a, a very 2010s kind of thing. Very short fad. Yeah, very short. So, um, but if you want to go watch it, uh, it's on HBO Max. I believe Tim, you were saying that it it does not have great reviews at the moment. Uh, it's got like a 33 percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Eek. Um, I think I found the the quote. So this is just a Kotaku article, but I'm just gonna go ahead and read it. Uh, an hour into Tales from Earthsea, Miyazaki bolted from the theater to have a cigarette, saying, It feels like I was sitting there for about three hours. Miyazaki returned and watched the rest of the film. When it finished, he was asked what he thought, and he replied, I saw my own child. He hasn't become an adult. That's all. Jesus fucking Christ. Then he paused and said, It's good that he made a movie. With that, he should stop. <laughs> and now he's making another one i wonder how his dad's gonna feel about but then, this but then in an online blog post goro miyazaki later wrote that his dad passed along the following message it was made honestly so it was good goro added that those few words brought tears to his eyes <laughs> so i guess he he eventually said it came around i mean i don't know i want to watch the new one so we'll see. Yeah, I'll probably watch it. I don't have HBO, but I know some people that do, so I'm sure I can get in there because I still need to. I need to get HBO before yeah, the Justice League. Plus. Oh, okay. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, 
anyways, I don't. I mean, do you guys have anything to to kind of add in the history or? I mean, I'm gonna. I was gonna start getting into like some animation stuff. So I mean, if you guys have anything on Miyazaki or any of the founders, probably now would be a good time to um, maybe jump in. Before I think, so. I think I brought up everything. I had. Before he started Ghibli, uh, he worked or Miyazaki, I should say, uh, worked for Toei, which is like the yeah. other like animation giant. But uh, he was just like a in. Film giant in general. Yeah, he was just like an in-between framer or whatever you want to call it. Like how there's like, so like the key frames, which are like the important ones. And then they just have people like do all the other in-between bullshit between those. Um, But I guess within like a year of him being there, he like rose up in the ranks and like became like head of like the labor union and organized a (laughs) labor strike. (laughs) Hell I thought yeah. that was pretty Fucking neat. Badass. Um, yeah, because I guess at the time uh, there was a lot of like animation jobs just being kind of like shipped over to Japan because it was cheaper to do it there, and uh, so everybody at Toei was just getting these like really shitty jobs to do, and the animators got tired of it, so they uh, revolted. But, Good. So I just realized that my phone has been on vibrate next to my uh, the base of my stand. So if you hear vibrating in my audio, I'm sorry. <laughs> I haven't yet, but I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure Audacity. There's been a couple moments where my like the the sound bar on my Audacity is moving. I was like, I'm not talking. Why is it moving? And I'm starting to wonder if it was that. <laughs> Whoops. It's okay. Hopefully, one of us was talking over it, and it <laughs> just won't. <laughs> it won't be yeah. noticeable. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's that's my fun fact. Okay. Um. So, the animation and making of this is kind of like, like some broad, more broad stuff. Not like into the nitty gritty. Like this is how they do it. Um. I didn't really want to get into that because I feel like that that's a fucking episode on its own. They use pencils. Yeah. And paper. Yeah. And they draw. So, um. <laughs> so one of the big things that I did find um I wanted to point out a few things because people find these movies like magical and and so immersive. So some of the things that I found that kind of like that Studio Ghibli's animators have come out and said, you know, helps to immerse people or like make people feel more. One of them is is food. And I mean, you rewatch the movies, yeah. and, and food's huge in these stories. I mean, if it's not like in, like talked about, it's in the background. They're they're cooking, they're carrying it around like bread, stuffed squid, you know, all this. And the the other night we were watching Kiki's Delivery Service, and we bought Furin from mm-hmm. Valpo, and I'm like, I'm so glad we have an Asian dish because i know i'm gonna be fucking starving during this movie yeah dude i was like Um, watching just like ghibli clips in this uh video earlier and i was just like oh my god all the food i just want to eat the anime food the breakfast scene from howl's moving castle gets me every time it's like the thick ass bacon the greasy looking eggs i was like oh it's amazing the detail like I just the detail they put into food when it's like even in the background, like in Spirited Away when like in the like 
one of the oh, yeah. main scenes where like her parents turn into pigs and can't stop eating. Like all that food looks so good. And I can't blame them for doing that. Yeah, it's like the first ten minutes of that movie. I actually watched that movie today. Oh, did you? Yeah. We it's like own the first it. Ten minutes, I think. I was gonna I was gonna watch that and then I was gonna watch um my neighbor Totoro and because we own it and then I just I didn't have time and I wanted to look more into the studio and then watch that. So eventually I'd love to do an episode on each of those, like the big movies from the from Studio Ghibli, just to talk about that. Cause there's some crazy back like crazy fan theories and stuff about a lot of movies of their movies. But, um, yeah. yeah, So food's one of the big ones. Um, another thing is like they make the most mundane things look like an adventure. And that's kind of a, like a layman's term term wording of this, the, a YouTuber that I was, I was watching. Um, and they gave so many examples like cleaning and, uh, washing dishes or, you know, whatever. And you really watch a lot of these scenes and it's so, it's not just cleaning. Like in, in, uh, my neighbor Totoro, they, they clean the house with all the sit sprites and it, it turns into this adventure of, all these sit sprites running away and you're cleaning up the house. And it's like, it's not just cleaning, you know? So it's like weird things like that. And then, uh, they, they had one of, um, uh, the wind rises movie. They had a a clip there where he, he's drawing, uh, a plane and it it turns in. Yeah. It turns into this whole like mind thing where he, He's, you know, in the air and there's planes everywhere, like this daydream. And it, mm-hmm. so like it turns that in, into this amazing feat. They're trying to of, trick me into thinking chores are fun because they're me. not. <laughs> yeah. yeah. This is completely funded by parents. I see through <laughs> the plan. <laughs> there's a chore scene in Howl's Moving Castle too. So mm. that was another one that they, they, uh, they brought up. Yeah. And that's why Howell goes from a blonde to a brunette halfway through the movie. What? Because, uh... So he uses potions to dye his hair. And Sophie, the main character, when she's cleaning the house, mixes them up. And so Howell's hair turns black halfway through the movie because the hair dye got messed up. Gotcha. I actually, I haven't (laughs) seen it. It's explained in... It's explained in the movie. It's like a big scene of him, like freaking out because he's so obsessed with his own vanity and being beautiful that um it's it's a big it's a big deal like plot <laughs> moment it's big to do gotcha yeah. no i didn't know that. i've actually never seen that one it's my favorite movie of uh, it's my favorite ghibli movie i think it's trey's like, I think favorite it's the only one i think it's the only one i gave a five stars on um Letterboxed. I think I gave everyone. A, I think I gave like fours and four and a half for all the other ones because they're still really fucking good. Yeah, but the you House can't. Castle is fucking perfect in my mind. Yeah, you can't give everything five stars. If you give everything no. five stars, then then you get snowflakes in the world. <laughs> You're welcome, boomers. 
Uh, I won't even comment on how they've become the snowflakes, but <laughs> right. Um. So, so this this uh, I found this. Obviously, I'm going to paraphrase this. Um, but this is Miyazaki's kind of thought behind what they wanted to do with all you know these worlds. Like some of them are you know there's no like crazy mystifying magical elements or anything to some of the movies, but um, something that he said, um, and like I said, this is paraphrasing, he he wants to create worlds um, that when we're watching them, in the back of our minds, we're, we're thinking like, could this actually be a real place? Like, could this, this be a real world? Like, we always have that kind of a nagging thought about that, and that's, that makes it yeah. so much more immersive because yeah, like you, one, one thing, like I see the food and I'm like, boom, I'm like, oh man, if this place could be real, I'd be in heaven. I would never want to leave. It'd be amazing. So it's like, that's one of the things that they, him and the animators try to do to make it so that we still kind of think that it's, it could be a real place even when they're on a fucking cat bus. I also or think it flying on a dragon. It kind of helps that like uh, it, all like the background characters uh like they're not just like background characters if that makes sense. Like they have life to them. Yeah, actually yeah. I, I had a point about that uh here written later on. Um I might have taken it out actually, but like the, yeah, they the animators give like everyone in the background has something that they're supposed to be doing to create more of this. Yeah. This world. Like nobody's just like you standing know. there. Yeah. And even if they do, they have like an expression or they're standing there talking to somebody else, which like, you know, I was watching Kiki's delivery service the other day and like, yeah, there's some people that don't move, but they're in the act of doing something. So it's still, creating like you can look in the background and there's a hundred different things besides the main story in front of you that are going on yeah that that stands out to me having watched spirited away today is like a lot of those background spirit characters are just like going about their business like the the turnip spirit i don't know if you remember that character guys remember that character not specifically like he just shows up in the background of scenes like just he's like the big fat turnip he just like shows up in the background of scenes and then like he's like clapping when like things happen. It's <laughs> like, oh yeah. He's not just he just hangs out at that bathhouse. Oh yeah. Because apparently he's just like he's just like a regular because even at the beginning of the movie when he's introduced, the the girl showing um Chihiro around the bathhouse is like, Oh, it's the turn up spirit. So he just shows up there like every night. Yeah. See like which is amazing to me. <laughs> I don't know. It's neat. <laughs> Yeah, it just it makes you more dedicated because you're like, because it's more like our world, you know. It you're not, yeah. You, you kind of have that sense of that the main character, even though we're following their story, we also have that thought in the back of their head with all this background stuff going on. That that's it's not a centered thing, you know. There's more going on, you know, just like in our own lives, kind of thing. Yeah. Which a lot of people don't think like that, but if you do think like that, then you're ahead of a lot of people. Um, 
let's see i got a few more things one thing that the studio does do is they instead of treating um you know all their animators just as people that put pencil to paper um they think of them more as actors you know they they're drawing all these characters but but thinking of them as actors they're thinking of how these characters would move how they'd um respond their facial expressions would respond in a certain situation. Um, the way, like one thing that I found is like, if you watch them, like a lot of the characters run different and, and some characters, the same character can run three or four different ways throughout a movie, depending on the situation they're in. And that's not really something that's huge in animation. Yeah. Usually you like to recycle things. Well, yeah, you look at one big thing that I thought of was you look at Naruto. They put their arms back, and one of the big reasons is so that they don't have to animate their arms running. <laughs> I mean, it makes like, sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it it makes sense on a budgetary thing. You know, I get it. But it's also one of the things that makes the studio stand out is that they put actual thought into things like that because people are going to think of it. Yeah, they talked about there was a bit in the documentary that I watched about the, where it's Miyazaki like going over frames and he was like, Oh, the people don't run this way if they're like in a, in a hurry. And then like, there's a character like holding like a, like a, I don't know what you call them. It's like a, like a bindle, like wrapped in cloth, something wrapped in cloth. And I don't remember what the thing was, but he's like, Oh, they, no one holds it this way. It's like you either hold it under your arm or you hold it like, over your on like on your back so it's all like very much like if it's like a at least probably even characters who aren't human they like think about like what the natural like way of movement and carrying and like uh, things like that work well yeah that's really interesting to me one big thing that uh i found through my research is that they put physics into the thought like yeah things have a flow they have, you know, wind blowing a certain way is going to blow everything that way. Like things falling are going to fall at the right kind of at the right rate, you know. And a lot of animes don't, you know, you look at DBZ, you look at Naruto, you look at, um, you know, Blue Exorcist, whatever. And you can see all those inconsistencies that physics just doesn't matter anymore. And it's crazy. Um in these magical worlds that studio Jubilee is done, that there's still this physics element in it, that things still react the same way that they would most likely react in our world. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I completely, I, I was fascinated by that when I saw the documentary and I'm still kind of fascinated about it. Even now just talking about it, <laughs> how just how much little details put into it when like other studios will just look at it and be like, ah, oh, it's fine. It kind of like, made me want to watch through movies and like specifically studio Julie movie and try to find inconsistencies because I don't feel like you'd find very many. You won't like if, if I do, it'd be a fucking shot in the dark, but it, it made me kind of want to rewatch them like very analytically to see if I could find things that were fucky, but I don't think I would. Like, I really don't, especially after, like, a lot of them have been brushed up and redistributed. 
I don't I don't think you'd find very many. You think Hyo would let an imperfection through? <laughs> I don't think so. Absolutely I think, not. I think I think if I were to find one and send it to him, I think he might come and kick my ass. He would do what he did to Harvey Weinstein, which is send him a sword that says no cuts. <laughs> is that true? Uh it wasn't him, it was somebody that like worked for him, but I don't know. It's like I forget how exactly Harvey Weinstein got like involved. Uh it's something about like the localization like bringing it over to America. And uh he was like pushing for all these cuts in I forget what movie it was, but somebody I think it was like I don't remember the exact person, but uh, the story was that Hayao uh, Miyazaki did it himself. But that actually did happen. Somebody did send him a samurai sword that said, no cuts. Nice. Should have just cut him. Should have just taken the chance. Oh, it's for Princess Mononoke, apparently. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right, that's right, that's right. Huh. <laughs> Yeah, no, dude. Somebody should have just went to Harvey Weinstein themselves and used the samurai sword to cut him. Like, could have saved a, a lot of time. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is great. No, sorry. Um, so apparently there's an interview and said the this little excerpt they have is uh, there's a rumor that when Harvey Weinstein was charged with handling the U.S. release of Princess Mononoke, Miyazaki sent him a samurai sword in the post. Attached to the blade was the stark message, no cuts. Uh, the director chortles, actually my producer did that. Although I did go to New York to meet this man, this Harvey Weinstein, I was bombarded with this aggressive attack, all these demands for cuts. He smiles. I defeated him. <laughs> I defeated him. <laughs> Okay, oh, it was the producer. Man. That's right. I knew, yeah, I knew it was somebody underneath him. Yeah, dude. What do you even cut out of him? I, I don't know. Fuck you. Fuck Harvey Weinstein. I don't really understand what you would have I cut fucking... from the movie, but hey, you know, what do I know? I probably would have cut that arc where he shows up to court with a fucking walker. <laughs> <laughs> I was just about to say. <laughs> Fuck that dude. Really? Oh, absolutely. Like, that dude, he needs, like, a fucking, one of those, like, four-foot fucking dong shoved up his ass. You ever seen those? The Great American Challenge? No, there's one. Oh, my God. I can't You can buy them on Amazon. Oh, God. Um, what the fuck is it called? Critical is, like, three of them. Yeah, and no, he has <laughs> two. Critical has two because then did do you know who Philion is? Maybe he he does like what is it called? He he went out and, Moby Huge yeah Moby Huge yeah. <laughs> but um, Critical had two of them and was doing shit. So Philion went out and fucking he had two already and went and bought another one to be like I have more than you like step it up. Do you guys up. remember the good days? And you could buy a full gallon, like not a gallon drum, like 100 gallon drum of fucking pleasure lubricant off of Amazon. Oh, like the 50 gallon? Yeah. Yeah. That shit was, those were the golden days. It's all been downhill <laughs> yeah. from there. That's back it's when. It's all it... been downhill since that bald, I don't want to make fun of someone's fucking physical appearance, but that bald, goofy eyed motherfucker hit a billion dollars. <laughs> I, uh, I have a theory be 
behind why they sold the uh, the 50-gallon drums of lubricant. Because um, I feel like it was back towards when they were still a bookstore. And um, like 50 Shades of Grey came out and they're like, you know what? Mm. These bitches gonna... You don't need lubricant these... for that. All those, all those housewives were self-lubricating that day. <laughs> Not the ones that are... In in it after menopause, <laughs> you need that fifty gallon drum. You need that fifty gallon drum with the fucking pump that pumps it out of it. Yeah. <laughs> she gets that shit delivered on a fucking pallet truck. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh fuck. Anyways, her neighbors um, are like, her neighbors are like, oh, Karen's getting the fucking fifty grade, 50, fifty shades of gray stuff. <laughs> It's how they know when the grays of shade. It's how they know when a sequel is coming out is when a new palette comes in. Ugh. You see a box with a sex swing and a fucking palette. Anyway, palette check. Come up with loop. <laughs> um, so like, so the last, I, 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 yeah, I was gonna kind of handle this one because like, yeah. I was so fucking adamant about this. Yeah, the the Not last thing is like, is towards you the, because uh, I know you you I've said been, you talked about it or yeah, I watched. I watched like three, yeah, three, I think. But like, so the music in fucking, at least the Miyazaki Studio Ghibli movies is so fucking good. Like, holy shit. But like, I found out that like all of, but like one of Miyazaki's movies has been scored by the same guy, um, Joe Hisaishi. And... Oh my god, this guy's just a fucking musical genius, apparently. Because, like, the main theme of Howl's Women Castle alone, Carousel of Life... Or, sorry. What's it called? It's gonna kill me now. What's my Where's my Google at? Merry-go-round of life. I will say that it's, it amazes me so good. that he has um, made music for so many different movies, and none of it sounds the same. Like it all sounds magical in its own no, way. No, like you can you can kind of hear similarities. Yeah, but it's not but like none of it sounds. Yeah, like it's not like oh that's that's the same song from this, but it's just like oh my god, it's so good. You can tell and it's from the I, same person, I actually, but yeah, I I actually just bought a. So do you guys know about the Nino Cooney games? How they're kind of loosely ghibli like they did the anime scenes for them oh yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. so he joe hisaishi did the music for these games too and i looked up i looked them up and i was like oh the second one's on sale for like 90 percent off on fucking playstation right now so i just bought it just for the music <laughs> alone like i don't even know if i'll like the gameplay but it was like eight bucks and i was like it was eight bucks and it was normally 60 and i was like i can't pass so, that yeah, up hey but dude, the fucking I've had the I've had a uh, merry-go-round of life stuck in my head since I watched Howl's Moon Castle like <laughs> a week ago almost now. And fucking the score in the wind rises is so fucking good. Oh, it's just it's just all of it. like this guy's music and the way it fits with the the films is like it's just it's top notch. So um yeah, that's I think all I gotta say about the music is that it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, I uh, I constantly if I think of Studio 
Ghibli, I think of Totoro, and then I just get the Totoro-like song stuck in where it's like, Totoro, Totoro, like all the time. Like every time I hear or see Studio Ghibli stuff, like it doesn't matter if it's a different movie, it's instantly that is stuck in my head. Yeah, it's because it's just it's so uh, I don't know, it's just so pure, but it's also so catchy without being yeah. over, it's not like a pop song where it's like they repeat the same shit over and over again. It's catchy in the fact that it's good. It's just good music. <laughs> Is it really just Pom Poco that he didn't do? That's amazing. Sorry, I'm comparing it like I'd read that he did everything but one movie of um Izaki's I think that one movie might be Pompoko the movie about the tanuki with giant balls it's a good one maybe whisper of the heart I don't know anyway spirited away and Kalsuin castle and the wind rises he fucking blew it out of the park with those 100% oh okay so um you know we talked a lot about animation, the founders, the studio itself, just a general overview. And really the only thing I wanted to touch on kind of before we, we wrap this up is I, you know, I, I think I'll throw it to you real quick, Tim, and then maybe Quentin. Um, I want to know your favorite movie and just like a, a real quick, like why, like like why it's your favorite or maybe so, your favorite parts of it, okay. whatever. So I want to talk about, I, I've talked about how Howl moves, Howl's Moving Castle is my, one of my, is, is my favorite Studio Ghibli Miyazaki movie. Um, it's just, I don't know the whole, the entire like setting, the world, everything about it is just like perfect to me. The music, like I said, is fantastic. Um, one thing I did want to talk about really quick is a different movie. Um, The Wind Rises is an an extraordinarily sad fucking movie, if you guys haven't seen that. Have you either of you? I haven't yet, but I've seen a lot. Through this research, I've seen a lot of clips and a lot of stuff about the movie. And I really want to go watch it. it. Uh, I don't know anything about it. I think you would find it really interesting because it's like a kind of like semi-biographical kind of like fictionalized biographical film of um Jiro Horikoshi the designer of the A Mitsubishi A5M fighter craft which was the success which was the precursor to the Zero so I think you would find it really interesting knowing like how much you like history from that time period and I just love how we can't get away from planes they just keep coming back. Well, this whole movie's about planes. <laughs> I, also, this movie star-studded as shit. That's one of the reasons why I want to watch it is because I love planes. There was, there's still a part, big part of me like doing engineering and stuff that I would still really love to one day work on planes or some, some way. I I love flight. I think it's like the coolest thing ever. So yeah, the, it, it's basically the story of the guy who designed the plane. That would become the Zero, the like big fighter in World War II, yeah. the Japanese army. Um, 
it is extraordinarily sad. Oh, God. For, like, reasons that I won't say. But, like, there's a scene at the very end of the movie, and this isn't a... I don't think this is a huge spoiler, considering I just told you who this guy is and what he did, like, what he designed. But there's a scene at the end of the movie where, like, he's basically looking at, like, a bunch of crashed fighters... And it's like after the war, and he's in one of his dream sequences with Caproni, the guy who designed the Italian fighters mm-hmm. for like World War One or something. And he goes, oh, I built this beautiful plane and none of them came home. And Caproni basically says like, oh, well, that's what happens when you're on the losing side of a war. Jesus. And I was like, holy shit. Wow. Like, it's just, it's just extremely sad. And, like, given the circumstances of this guy's life, it's like, fuck. Yeah. But also this movie's, like, star-studded as shit. The main character in the English dub is Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Really? Uh Uh-huh. I'm I'm just gonna hit you with some names there in this movie, alright? Some pretty pretty low-level stars. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Zach Callison, who you might know as Steven from Steven Universe... Emily Blunt, John what? Krasinski, what? Martin Short, Werner Herzog, <laughs> William H Macy, what? Mandy Mandy Patinkin, Stanley Tucci, and uh, in a very minor role, Elijah Wood. What the fuck? Oh yeah, that's right. This movie's just fucking. This movie, it's just full of people. It's it's such a good movie. Like I said, dude. Well, I guess, you know, the Disney name attached to it, too. They can get whoever the fuck they want. I'm going to tell you right now, I got to go watch it because it's a fucking Tucci film. Yeah. Fucking Tucci gets me every time. He's like, he plays Caproni. (laughs) Yeah. No, I just looked at it and I was like, man, my man Tucci in it. I got to get on that. (laughs) It's just fucking... Like, I was watching it, and I was like, oh, that... And, like, the point where, um... Werner Herzog character shows up. I was like, who the fuck is that? That sounds really familiar. And then I looked it up, and I was like, holy shit. All right. Do you think anything from that movie made him cry? The same... Uh, this movie made me cry, so I would hope so. Fair enough. If he cries at Baby Yoda puppet, he probably cried at that. I cried at the fucking none of the I made this beautiful plane and none of them came home, so Yeah. Um but yeah, no that I to answer your question, while I think The Wind Rise is a fantastic movie and you should watch it, my favorite movie is Howl's Moving Castle just because it's indescribably good to me. I don't know what to say about it. Alright. What about you, Quinn? Um I really like Pon Poco. Uh, I just I really like raccoons. They're a pretty cool animal. Uh, the movie also has like a pretty cool like I don't know like environmentalist type deal to it. Oh, oh, oh I'll, I'll let you finish, and then I remembered something I read. It's kind of interesting. I don't know. Like it, it's definitely like shows like the battle between like industrialization and nature, but it doesn't make it doesn't like make it out that like humans are like super terrible evil but it also doesn't make it out to be that like nature's like the ultimate good guy i guess 
guys know that uh, JTT is in Pompoco? Who's JTT? Jonathan Taylor Thomas. Uh, you may know him as Randy Taylor from Home Improvement. Oh, no, I didn't oh. realize that. I think I watched the dub, too, actually, now that I think about it. J.K. Simmons is also in it, apparently. Um, it, It's uh, also got the weird thing about the Tanuki balls, but if you just ignore that it's you know it's pretty good um one thing that i forgot to mention i guess about howl's moving castle is that in an interview miyazaki was like yeah i made this movie about like two sides fighting a pointless war in response to the 2004 invasion of iraq oh my goodness and he's like yeah i think that's kind of why it didn't do too hot and, uh, <laughs> The Amer- in America at the times because it was like this very anti-war sentiment movie I was like damn alright he's not know, pulling any punches true. I think that like there was like a quote where he was like yeah I was just like he was like I was just mad about what I was seeing going on in the world and I made this very a movie where the, the there was just this pointless war and I wanted this very anti-war sentiment at the time and I was like oh alright I mean, fair <laughs> enough dude <laughs> Fair enough, man. Fair enough. Um, well, I will say my favorite, um, and it's for probably one big reason is um, it's my neighbor Totoro, and it's really a classic. Well, it's a classic, but it's also the first one that I had ever watched with Carly. Um, oh. so it's got that kind of sentimental backing to it because i really i mean i had watched spirited away when i was younger um and a and a few others that and i hadn't really like i didn't really realize that it was studio ghibli i didn't really realize who miyazaki was and but carly was in love with miyazaki films so we sat down and we watched my neighbor totoro it got me hooked. Then we watched Spirited Away. We've been buying more movies and stuff. So like we're we're slowly getting more and more of them. And um, but this my neighbor Totoro is like the first one she had me sit down and watch. And because of that, it's one of my favorite films. Also, the story is great. Um like uh, it's it's mystical and kind of crazy. Um, there's cute little fluffy animals throughout it. And then the other, the other reason is like the fan theories behind it. And I don't know if you guys know any of the fan theories behind it. The ones about how the girls are dead. Yeah. Like rewatching it after knowing that is, is kind of crazy because like Totoro resembles like a Japanese folklore of like the God of death pretty much. And when they find the shoe of the one sister, it actually showed that they they both drowned. And Totoro went to show them their mom, and their mom can see them because their mom's in the hospital. Can see them because she's also close to death, and they're dead. I don't, but their dad doesn't see them because their dad's okay. I don't think that's what Mizaki wanted. Uh, no, they've, people have asked him and he said that there's like when he wrote it, uh, he didn't have any connection really to it. 
is, but it's also like not a fully confirmed or not confirmed thing. It's just that he kind of brushes off that theory mm. more so than saying no or yes to it. Let's people have their fun. Yeah. It, and I kind of respect that because though the theory isn't, you know, it's not confirmed or denied. So you can think of it either way. I like to think that it's a happy ending kind of situation. But I think the fan theory still, if you rewatch it, knowing it, there is a lot of um, subtle things throughout the movie and major things in the movie that are like, oh, yeah, that could be right. So it keeps you wondering. So that's why it's my, that's my favorite. You know, just really those two big, big factors. <laughs> but I don't know. Next time we talk about a Miyazaki film or studio ghibli maybe that'll change as i watch more and more of them you can learn more fan theories fair enough i maybe <laughs> i'm sure there's Hopefully. more i can't think of any other ones i'm sure there is i can't think of it i think there's one about no face um, i don't remember what it is yeah there is i just can't remember it at the moment but i did read one i just like no face too I love have you ever seen the 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 picture of the little girl that dre- wanted to dress up as no face for her Halloween party yeah. and she's like a four year old and she scared the shit out of all the other kids. It's so adorable because yeah. there's just this little girl dressed as no face and then around her just a bunch of crying toddlers because they're so scared. There's nothing to be afraid of. It's just no face. It's just the no face. Um, but yeah, I get. I mean, that's that's all I got. Um, at the moment, um, like I said, just wanted to give a a brief overview of an amazing studio, an amazing set of founders, uh, especially Miyazaki himself, and um. Shout out to all the animators making these some of the best movies, animated movies and movies, really. What was that, Tim? I heard a little. Uh, I uh, I actually cut something. I I was working on the a title for next the next episode because oh. I hadn't put one down, <laughs> and I accidentally deleted the entire fucking line, but I undid it. So. <laughs> but um, anyways, yeah, so. Do you guys have any closing statements on that? Um, we uh, we can close it out and start wrapping things up. I got nothing. I'm good to wrap up. I I think I've exposed what I need to expose, and <laughs> we've uh, expunged what I need to expunge. Yeah, well, I I think we've set our piece on this topic for now. There could be a part two. Who knows? There was a part two to The Simpsons, and we didn't know if there was going to be or not. So we'll see what happens. But um, for plugs, um, I'll I'll start them off. Um, you can follow me. Uh, I made it a little easier to find me on Instagram. You can just search John Mergs. Um, it's a little easier. I'm back on there now. Not really doing a whole lot because I don't do a whole lot on social media. And... Um, I started a YouTube channel where I do commentary stuff. Um, it's called J Mergs. Go check that out. Subscribe, all that. If you think it's shitty, still subscribe. I don't really care. 
I want to get that YouTube partnership. And uh, as soon as money starts rolling in, maybe the videos will get better. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. We have money sitting in our anchor wallet, but uh, yeah, or like, not a lot. Or like $10. <laughs> it's like 7 last time yeah. I checked. Yeah. Last time I checked, it was like 8 something, I think. Ooh, it's gone up since I left. Our follower, our, our listener count's going up a little bit. Just a little bit. So uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Maybe one day we'll make enough money to, to upgrade setups and stuff just keep getting better one day one day we'll, we'll be big enough to rent a studio i'd like to get enough followers where we can maybe do like t-shirts or something eventually and actually maybe have people buy them but it, there there's not enough people yet to constitute that one day i would make one what for myself about, guys i was gonna say we can just be one of those those like really low not like low con like effort but what what are they like like really small content creators that just like make their own merch and like wear it around i see like, i don't seen, i don't want to do that one, <laughs> i remember one time i saw like a bumper sticker for some guy's podcast on the back of his car and i looked it up and it was like super super small but this was like five years ago could be bigger now maybe that bumper like, sticker helped maybe we should roll around with bumper stickers hell yeah i won't I hate bumper <laughs> stickers. I won't. I don't care what it is. It could be something that I am fully invested in, and I will not put that bumper sticker on my car. What about? <clears throat> Excuse me. Ooh. <laughs> that was my voice going out. I was gonna say, what if it's one of those cool naked lady mud flat bumper stickers? <laughs> <laughs> I would get that tattooed on my body before I put it on my car. And that's where yeah, I'll leave enough. that. My letter, you can find my my movie reviews at Letterboxd, uh, at Timmy C, and pretty much every other social media at Hot Pink Waffles. Uh, I'm. I don't know if people that I know listen to this, but I've just been there's been some some uh, some randoms who I haven't talked to in years who added me off of uh, on Instagram, and I was like, "Excuse me, sir. Huh? Why did you find this? <laughs> maybe, maybe." <laughs> Uh, you can just find me on Twitter uh, at Gondola Driver. It's the only social media uh, that I really use. All right, and then you can find all of our socials. Uh, you can find us rewind. Per- Whoa! Wow! Re- rewind. Period. Reload. Period. Pod at Instagram. Rewind and reload podcast at gmail dot com. Uh, rewind reload on um, Twitter and then eventually we'll start getting these posted on YouTube at rewind and reload Um, so go ahead and go give us a little follow you know hit us up with topics you want to hear any of that stuff we're open to it we're always looking for new topics to learn about Um, this was a fun one for me because even though i picked this topic um i still learned a shit ton about it and it was great and i cannot wait for more of these yeehaw so that is it for now and we will get back at you uh, around a week and a half now because this one will post a little late